Are you asking somebody to help you fix the car? Hey, Manuel! Hey! <laughs> well, I guess that's a, a great start, isn't it? <laughs> For our spoiler review of Sicario. We're, we're just spoiling things everywhere, not just the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, so, yeah, just a little rundown. Uh, of course, you all know um, the the rules of engagement have changed, Zach, now that, you know, it's it's basically Trump's wet dream. We have illegal yeah, immigration right. and terrorists all packed into one, and he's just he's, – he's sweating like a pig at the possibilities of where this can go. But, of course, so that does lead to this whole domino effect of what's to come in the movie. And – let me just tell you, while all of this was going on, basically, you know, when they were discussing everything right up until they left to do their mission to kidnap the girl, I was full in, man. I was 100% in. I was like, okay, sure, it's a bit more straightforward and more simple, but it's working with what it has. But um, I, I don't know. What, what were you thinking throughout, like, the first, ha first half of the movie? Um, at least with the first half, yeah, I was kind of on the same boat. It was just... I love just the persistence of forwardness in the story within the first half. They're just constantly moving within like every moment. Like there's never a really stagnant moment. I think the only scene I didn't really like was uh, when they get again more of the more political bullshit of when they're like in the office and they're talking to the generals and they're like, okay, let's like fuck up Mexico. Like I just well, it, see, I was digging a certain aspect, but continue. <laughs> Like that, those parts I just didn't care about. I was like, okay, let's let's move forward. Like we already know what you're gonna fucking do. Let's do it. <laughs> and so, but after that, like they do it though. They just go straight into it, and I love the flow and the pacing of what they show, uh, which action scenes they decide to show, and it's very. It reminds me for some reason of um, Batman, mm -hmm. um, the Dark Knight, for some reason. Like the beginning scene of that. I get that feeling with this first half of the film for some reason. I don't know where it is, but something about the pacing and when they decide to speed up and the suspense that they're building, it all seems to be in there. Um, and I love the dynamics of like them showing the contrast of when the girl is at the school, she's being a little, <laughs> a little freaking devil child. And then like instantly like getting kidnapped. You're like, holy shit. That's like, that's one hell of a day for her. Um, just kind of getting like just a very humble experience and just the contrast of the, the very beginning of the film, man, of like, man, that fucking supermarket scene where they just yeah. capture your attention right off the bat. They set the fucking mood. They set the fucking scene right off the bat. Um, and they tell you to fucking sit down and buckle no, man. up. And let me just tell you, like, they were so manipulative in that one scene. Oh, for Because, sure. I mean, they, I'm just going to be real with you. They get the most innocent-looking, 
whitest woman, woman. in the entire <laughs> grocery store with her little like baby girl right next to her. She's just little inching blind, towards the door. I know, like it's 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 an Aryan beauty, and she's just inching towards the door, and it just goes off. No. But um, no. and we're joking around, but it's you know you you gotta it's, fight this movie with some sense of humor, cause God you, damn. yeah, otherwise you're fucking depressed as shit. It is. It is heart wrenching. Like yes, like fuck, dude. They really play it up and they pull at your heartstrings and they just I don't know. They just really set the tone very quickly and go with that. Mm -hmm. And you're just paced forward after that up until I yeah. It's like at the kidnapping scene, they it just kind of gets jumbled around there and they kind of change their editing style for a second. But up until that point, it's just this beautiful flow forward. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll get to more towards the second half because I feel like you can really like divide this movie up in terms of you know yeah. how it progresses. But um, yeah, no, just going back to, and that was one thing that was bringing it down for me, man, because uh, you're you're first starting with all of this great setup. Like I could see where things are going. It's it's you know for how bureaucratic and how jumbled it is. It's you can still understand it, but at the mm -hmm. same time, you're well aware that this is like bureaucracy at its worst, you know? Like, it's all a jumbled fucking mess. It's all just a bunch of people, you know, just thinking that they're doing the right thing, but really they're just passing the buck to the next person, and it's a whole whatever, you know? You, you know how it goes. But I did like how they were bringing the whole change of to the rules of engagement now because I find a, one concept that even though it doesn't dive as deep into as it should for how much it was setting up was the term of, you know, idea wars, you know, like the war on drugs, crime, mm -hmm. terrorism, where you can't win. You can't point yeah. at a country or or a general and be like, okay, we got to take them out. It's ideological. So you, you can change the rules however you want, and anybody can right. be the enemy without the public questioning anything. So for the first half of the movie, I felt what's at stake, like, wow, these – People in power are going to put these soldiers down to the ground, and you have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. Because this is uncharted territory that, scarily enough, you know, we don't want to admit it, but it is within the realms of a very oh, small <laughs> but, but actual possibility. So it does keep that gritty atmosphere. Just like in the first movie, it does a great job of setting everything up for you. But it's when you get more to the actual action where I feel like the movie – doesn't fall apart, but I feel like it loses focus because mm -hmm. we're moving more towards the traditional action. And while it is fun to look at, I felt that the little bit of humanity that was lingering in the first half was completely gone. Like, I didn't care about the little girl. I could get, not give yeah. two shits if she got shot in the face. If anything, it would have graded up because, you know, violence towards little kids, that, that never happens. <laughs> so I... I wasn't caring, and at the same time, you don't know why Benicio del Toro cares about this kid either. You know, right. she's a little piece of shit. She's getting into fights. She 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 knows that everybody's afraid of her because her daddy is like this mafia boss. You know, so she just gets her way at every turn. They don't make you care about the character, so you don't care whether she dies or lives. And with that, the whole component of the movie, because she is what stakes. She's you know the she's the MacGuffin. Of the movie, and so you have Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin, while they're great actors, fighting for something that doesn't make sense for the rest of the second half of the movie. To me, I mean, I think with 
del Toro, like I do agree that her character never shines. Like she never gets that moment it's where you're not like, that I, she doesn't shine. I actively hate her. <laughs> I, I was actively oh, really? disliking her character throughout the entire movie, man. I mean, and, um, she's just mostly like a pawn piece, and I think yeah, she's just a basically piece, but... um, a connection piece for Del Toro, and that's yeah. like that. I think that's where they based most of the character for her was they were relying on the dynamics between him and her, um, and I think it semi works at least. I with him i mean he carries a lot of it um he's just kind of carrying the story for it and you're for me i was mostly focused on his character like mm-hmm. he, she was such a secondary character like she, i'd even consider her to be a main character at all like it was josh brolin and del toro like that's all i saw so every step of the way i was more invested in him and i focused solely on that pretty much at the very beginning like as soon as he gets separated from the group during the attack which is a little bit like about halfway point i would say of the film um that's when i like full focus on him like that's when i thought the movie just shifted to that when shit hits the fan it's not like a little oopsie daisy in this yeah like basically everything that goes wrong goes wrong and then some so but no again i i just because and i'm not gonna like you know harp so much on it but what i'm saying is that the movie, it's not like we're, you know, we'll just have this girl to the side and we'll just focus on the dynamic between the two main characters. No, the movie actively grabs the girl by the shoulders and shakes her in front of the screen, making you want to care about her. And it doesn't work. You know, it focuses on her so much, just enough to make you feel like the movie wants you to care. And I just don't. It, it just, it made me hate her all that much. If it played off as, as you did, as you were mentioning, where she was just a secondary character, whatever, I was, I would have been fine with it. But I actively dislike that character, especially when you're seeing what she has to act around. Yeah, that's true. Which really kind of, I feel like that might have happened when they set up her character to be freaking a, a devil child at the beginning. Because then you're like, you already don't care about her. Dude, she's a straight like, she's up bitch. I'll be there. I'll get there, man. Oh, uh, there you go. I okay. mean, for like, one, I'm not even, um, I think her she's name just this is, privileged um, little, uh, Isabella Monaire. And, yeah. and she's like, I'm already hating her career, man. She's just starting off. She was like the little girl in Transformers. I'm, oh, really? <laughs> I'm not digging her path, man. That's all I'm saying. I see why Michael Bay liked her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this girl can act. <laughs> Explosions. Right. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I see your point a little bit. I just, that never bothered me at all while watching the film because I was just so, I felt like she was so over, so overshadowed by Del Toro. Like I just didn't matter. Like he just kind of just like, oh, you can't add. Oh, I'll take care of it. <laughs> I don't know. Overshadowed is like saying she had a shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, even in um, oh, one thing I also wanted to touch on. Like she's not the only you know character that they want you to care about. Um, they have this little subplot thing in the movie, which they also. It's basically a narrative um, construct that they keep throughout the previous movie as well, like these little like slice of life subplots that they have. You know, it's 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 not the Russian family and Justice League. Don't worry about that. But they do this whole subplot thing. Oh, come on, man. I had an easy jab there. I took that was it. good. So <laughs> they have this whole subplot thing in the first movie, which was really unique. I don't want to spoil it. I was going to go deep into that. But as seeing as you didn't see the first movie, it was done a whole lot better. 
um, and then it was done here. But I still care about the kid to some amount because, you know, like this kid's being, you know, peer pressured into becoming a smuggler for the cartel. And in the end, he's not feeling it after what decidedly should have been the end of Benicio del Toro. So I, I was okay with that character. I was sort of caring because it was more relatable. He gets more, you know, more relatable dialogue. You actually have a few laughs here and there with his cousin, who's a total douche. Yeah, so <laughs> I know. Preséntame a tu prima, wey. <laughs> so I was, I, I was okay with that subplot. You know, now see if, if they manage to just, just, you know, get rid of that girl and make him the main component in which you were caring about. And Benicio mm-hmm. del Toro had to not shoot him, as you're hearing, um, and you know, like right behind you. So yeah, right. was, <laughs> I, that would have worked for me, and it would have simplified the movie a lot more. I do to, have to, to say, I would have loved a movie about the cousin and the, the two cousins. Yeah. Like, that would have been awesome. Like, that's where I thought the movie was going, was focusing on them, and they had a really good dynamic. I liked, like, their whole just little subplot, but then that got killed really quick, and there's a lot of subplots that they set up at the beginning that they just drop off. Um, there's like that moment hit with him and Shay Wingham at the beginning too. Um, Josh Bolin and him, um, the corrupt politician or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's that set up and then there's like his whole relation with Catherine Keener, which I never really understood because I'm guessing that was from the first one. Well, I mean, to her credit, I actually thought she did very well for what little bit she was given. I especially like They didn't give her anything. <laughs> I know, but like what little that they give her, we are talking about the same person, I believe, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the basically the <laughs> the red haired chicken charge, made, yeah, basically. Yeah. But um, but no, I, I was actually uh, especially dug a line where Josh Brolin is like, "Isn't that the whole point of what we're doing is to change anything?" And she's just like, "You think this is about changing things? Like you're you're, you're in, in too deep <laughs> for for that to even be a possibility. You know how this goes." So I did like that ruthlessness that there was, you know, where it even took down Josh Brolin's character down a peg, which you're not it accustomed did, yeah. to seeing. So I, I again, I was digging, you know, what were supposed to be the more drier moments of the movie, um, the, the more of the politics and the bureaucracy behind it. I just don't think it, 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 it was balanced well enough to make it work as it did in the first one. All right, fair enough. All right, so we kind of got up to where they had like that shootout in the middle of the movie when they get all split up. Um. There was ah, a the Mexican police shot me. Uh, <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> um, so I, uh, since I haven't seen the first one, there seems to be. I, I was curious about the dynamics that you saw with Del Toro bringing forward parts from the first movie when his uh, daughter got murdered, yeah, and the whole like sign language thing. I, for me, like it seemed to be genuinely like a really good callback, and it seemed to be pretty calm about it and not like throwing it in your face um and they they had it for like a decent reason you know they <laughs> hey didn't guys, just like Benicio del Toro is yeah. nice yeah right <laughs> how did that whole scene play up that basically there's like that whole like part before like they jet into like the third act I would say yeah I thought that was good I thought um you know I feel like Benicio del Toro is that you know you always have that one badass well, I would say, you know, anti-hero looming in the background. You know, you're, you know, he has right. a dark past that you don't know about. Um, and I, I did like that reveal. It's a nice touch. 
but I was actually much more glad that they didn't do a whole deep dive into his backstory. It was just uh, like that's all you really know. Like as far as you know, as the movie goes, they do reveal that you know he he had a dark past and now he wants to get revenge on the cartels due to right. his family and everything. But you know just. Even though I did feel that scene dragged a little bit, like I felt like, oh, you, this would have been a lot more effective if, you know, they didn't stay at that family's house at all. I thought that that was really smart. Uh, maybe, now. yeah. So I, yeah, but that whole deal with, you know, him knowing that because his daughter was deaf, I thought was um, a very nice little subtle detail that, that, that was done well. I felt like it could have easily gone to over on the nose territory and it didn't. Fair enough. That's what I figured. Like I, I could kind of feel that even though I hadn't seen the first one again, you kind of get that sense that there was a better flow to it. Like normally those scenes, you can tell like I, I'm supposed to get something here. Yeah. I see what you're doing, but it's not working. But that seemed to be pretty calm about it. But um, damn, this final act, dude, is just chaos. God damn, the savagery. Um. I don't even know where to start with, <laughs> with, with Act 3, man. Like, well, good thing this is a spoiler review, so you don't have to go too deep into it. I, I think we can just go off the whole point of them trying to, like, smuggle this girl back in because he knows that she'll be right. safe once she crosses the the border. So this is where I felt like I – that's the thing, man. Like, I, 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 <laughs> I do like Benicio del Toro. In this scene, I just didn't like the actual scene he was set around because I I the wanted scene of him him going over the border or, or yeah him shot. having to go over the border and um, no I mean that that was a huge waste him getting shot I knew he even though they shot him in the face I was just like okay how are they gonna bring him back you know he, he's <laughs> the bread and butter of the show he's not yeah. dead you know but no of course they can't he, be that gritty <laughs> no he, he doesn't die no I I would be amazed if it was i would have been that would have been awesome but um regardless of that i did not like the whole smuggling her back into the you know the because i mean again i hated this girl i fucking hate her (laughs) i i do not understand why he was risking his life why he was going the the extra unnecessary mile to save this girl I just I, – I didn't understand that. This is what I'm saying. Like the movie for the whole second half, that's where it dropped to, dropped to me because the movie's telling you you care about this girl. You care about this girl and you don't. And it all doesn't lead to anywhere in the end either way because once Josh Brolin gets to her first, he feels bad for her and puts her into witness protection. So she yeah. was never at risk at all. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, it's just – Well, like how old was Del Toro's daughter? Half. Um, well, they don't really they only... go deep into that. And I, I know what you're getting at. You're yeah, like that's the only thing I can think like, of. Oh, you remind me of my daughter. I was so happy they didn't do that because that's such a that's such it a, is a cop one. out. Yeah, it is a huge cop out. But yeah, thankfully it didn't go that bad. But again, that whole second half of the movie is extremely flawed for me for those reasons. And I just – I wish the entire movie was just the first half and it would have kept it going. Even if they didn't have as much action um, as it would have been to the previous one, I still felt it would have been a much more concise, a better quality in terms of the actual writing. Because the writing is there, but it's the story that suffers um, past the hour mark. Oh, I see. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like the action and everything and the movement, just, just the progression just keeps you going. I mean, even though, like, you may not, like, you're like, why, wait, why this? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I never, I 
duck the questions once in a while. Like, wait, why would you yeah. like it's the just, end? I don't know. I don't know. I felt that the action was a lot more dynamic in the first one than it was here because mm. you 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 already feel like you're more at risk because you're following Emily Blunt's character as the greenie, you know, of the movie. But here again, it's just more straightforward. While the action scenes are brutal. They're very sparse throughout. Like I, you can go like easy half an hour in this movie with not a single bullet being shot, and that's what I was also sort of faulting it for because when it does bring in the action, it is with a purpose and it makes sense to the story. But I felt that there was a whole lot less of it. I thought the first Sicario was not action packed, but a lot more thrilling is the best way to put it. Okay. Yeah. I do have to say my biggest peeve, like. I'm I'm really torn about this. Like, I'm annoyed that Del Toro survives, but damn, the way they film him getting up! Oh my god, is so well done that I just don't give a dude. shit, dude. Oh my god, you feel every moment of that guy's waking up, man. Yeah, man. It's just he as soon as he opens his eyes. Oh, <laughs> worst hangover ever. No, man, just, and uh, uh, I, I got to give it up also to the actual makeup artist that actually yeah. made that, you know, raw flesh that hanging up his flesh and like There's the like, sand oh, like dripping shit. off of him. Like, oh, my God, yeah. just clumps of sand and, and where, like blood and just, oh. God. I know, where even though it was brought up from a scene that I thought wasn't so hot. That's where I felt that I was finally getting that 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 one Benicio del Toro scene. You know that yeah. that one scene, oh, yeah. you know, where I, it, it just it completely reminded me of of No Country for Old Men, you know, where you're finally getting to focus on what I felt was like Anton Chigur and just his you know, quietness, his resolve, and how savage he could be at the same time. And just seeing, you know, Benicio del Toro just have so much fun with this character. I mean, Definitely, he doesn't yeah. crack a smile the entire time, but you can tell that as soon as they yell, cut, he's just like, ooh, what's my next scene? You know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like, um, like, the, like the collector, like, amazing! Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he owns, owns that scene man no, and i does. just i laugh so hard when he's ex- he's just like driving down the road and the hoodlums come up to him and he's just like grenade <laughs> <laughs> so nonchalantly just like fuck off I man know. he's just throwing a cigarette out the window he didn't even know it was a grenade <laughs> yeah he's just so accustomed to it it's like holding a pencil and not realizing it yeah man that oh my god just how they played that up and how he this credit to him and his acting man just bang up job and i the reveal at the end is it's cute it was a little overboard but i don't know i i had a lot of fun with this film i it may be really pumped to see the first one and i'm probably after seeing the first one gonna no, be like I, I like the second one no i can't wait till you retroactively give it a fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I'll be talking to you guys yeah. next week and I'll be like, fuck this film. This and then I, I, I got to give this movie credit. They finally explained why, you know, he had that stutter in The Last Jedi. He was shot in the face. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Am I going too nerdy now? Is that what's happening? I, I think I went over the deep end. <laughs> so he has a stutter. He's trying to keep his teeth in the... <laughs> Well, you know, it's the cartels and the... <laughs> 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 you 
you must kill the girl. Oh, I'm man. sorry, I, c- c- I can't do that. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till they cross universes. Oh God, no, please. <laughs> Please stop. Hey, man, we already have him in space. We, they, all of these characters have been in space. Has Emily Blunt been to space now that I think about it? Sure she has. I, I, I really feel like everyone at this point. I, I think you can distract them with the sign-up while I do a big um uh, space search for this. There movie. we go. Yeah. All right, guys, while he's doing that, thank you again for tuning in for our wonderful Sicario de la Soledado. <laughs> I'm going to be as white as fuck for that. All right. <laughs> the cicada, the what? <laughs> All right. Uh, Edge of tomorrow. Oh, no, wait. That's time travel. They're on Earth. Never mind. Keep going. Close enough. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. As always, you can listen to my white voice on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Play FM, Stitcher, wherever you find your morning podcast. And you can always follow us on Facebook. Give us a view. Let us know how we're doing. And as always, you can see all our wonderful content, content, our beautiful pictures, everything at QTheReview.com. Uh, how's that going over there, Mario? Um, a, a quiet place. Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, she's been uh, grounded to Earth, but all right. You guys can look that up. Let us know if we can't find it. So, as always, you we'll see you guys next time. Uh, Nomeo and Juliet. Fuck! <laughs>